0: I see. You think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? Eh?
1: Just-
0: you think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts!
1: Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're having a chat to one of my favourite Aussie singer-songwriters ever. His name is Paul Coleman. He's been in the PC3 Paul Coleman trio. He's been in the Newsboys. He's a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter. And uh, he's been out in Australia recently, but he's back in Vegas at the moment, uh, in an airport somewhere. How are you, Paul Coleman?
0: (laughs) I'm good, mate. Very nice of you to um, say your favourite, you know, or one of your favourites, well, I think you
1: said. One of my favourites. Very I mean, we've nice. caught up at Easterfest a few times over the last uh, yeah. few years, and it's always yeah. good to catch up with you, mate. How you been?
0: has been really great. I had an um, awesome little time in New Zealand doing a tour with uh, legendary Māori New Zealander Steve Aparana, and uh, we did 10 shows in the North Island, and I just did one show in Brisbane, and now I'm heading back to Nashville. So, um,. I'm kind of I never really believed In jet lag But the last few years I've started to believe So I'm, uh, I'm a bit weary But I'm good though
1: Thanks yeah. for making the time To chat with us today mate I know that uh, you're a busy man uh, And uh, tell us What was it like Visiting Brisbane again Back in the old You know The old town That you used to live in For a while What was it like
0: I I, I love Brisbane I mean I've been to, so, been to so many places In Australia That I'm not sort of Partial to one place um, Even though I live For the most time In Melbourne So I love Brisbane I mean you can't go wrong when it's 27 degrees in winter, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect blue sky. I had a great show there at the Princess Theatre in Wollongabba near the city. Um, caught up with some great friends. Andy Goulet, who's Red Frogs, and illusionist Christopher Wayne. My sister came up and it was my birthday. I had a great, I had a great week, mate. Played golf, got beaten. That wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a great week. I love, I love and I Beautiful saw that
1: place. I saw that you were hanging out with Christopher Wayne, the illusionist, at one of my favourite ever cafes, the Three Monkeys. Oh yes,
0: loved. It. I actually went there four
1: times in a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, great. it's a great place. Yeah, Christopher Wayne's legend. I love him.
1: And was he that was, like um, a bit of a meet and, and greet thing at Three Monkeys? Was it?
0: Yeah, he just thought it'd be a good idea to so see who turned up, and uh, maybe about thirty or forty people turned up, and. He did a whole lot of magic, and I watched and talked to people. Matter of fact, we actually ended up talking to people on all sorts of tables that didn't turn up to see us and gave them CDs and did tricks for them, and it was really fun,
1: really fun. Good on you, mate. Now, this week, of course, it's Father's Day, and uh, a lot of our more mature listeners probably would have heard this bloke by the name of Robert Coleman, who was a well-known gospel artist, your dad. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you love about your dad?
0: My dad is obscenely generous. He's um unbelievably faithful he's the kind of guy when the chips are down he's the first one there he's um he's always told me he loved me ever since I've been a little kid I always turned up for my sporting events music events We used to um we used to uh play soccer in the backyard he um we used to let, used to let my band rehearse every Friday night in the lounge room and he and mum would go out because we were very noisy <laughs> um, He's just a great guy As a matter of fact there was a song. On my new record called "All Right," that I wrote after a conversation with him, and uh, it's a pretty emotional song. because I was pretty down at the time, and he just called me, and at the end of the conversation, he just said, "Mate, listen, you're all right. You're my boy, and I love you." Mm-hmm. And um, just recently, I've been doing some filming to put together a DVD, and uh, he and my mum were out in Australia, in in Europe, for their 50th wedding anniversary, and they flew to Norway where I was and spent some time with me, and I recorded the song sitting. In the middle of a literally in the middle of a Norwegian wood, and I sang it right to him on the camera, and uh, it was pretty awesome. So my dad is good bloke, and uh, I couldn't be happier. He's a great man, and I'm I'm so thankful. He's my dad.
1: I think I've seen a couple of Robert Coleman LPs or records in uh, uh, in in my parents' library before. What what, what kind of songs <laughs> did your dad used to sing?
0: He sort of did this sort of southern, gospel-y stuff. It was um, not my style of music, but because he came from sort of a operatic. And a um, theatre, like yeah, he was a uh, um, in musical theatre. So the stuff he did that was in Gospel Records was sort of sounded a little bit more operatic, kind of old school, kind of like the Gaither kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was good. You know, I haven't I haven't caught up to him yet. He sold out the Sydney Opera House twice. I haven't quite passed that achievement yet. But, um, <laughs> But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to his records for the sound of the music. I listen to them because he's my dad. But otherwise, I probably wouldn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not exactly my style. And do you think your kids are going to spoil you this Father's Day?
0: I really hope so. Um, although I have to tell you that in America, Father's Day has already been. Oh, so of course. Maybe they'll give me an Australian Father's Day. It's funny actually. It's Mother's Day is the same in Australia as it is in America, but Father's Day is different. So. Huh. Maybe they'll give me an Aussie Father's Day. Maybe I'll tell them and they can, you know, shower me with gifts. That would be nice.
1: Mate, milk it for all it's worth. You deserve Two Father's Day, don't you reckon?
0: I reckon, I reckon, should. <laughs> Actually, I, I told my daughters to, um, to invent a sister's day And pick a date in the year. So they're going to do it in March of the year now. They're going to have Sister's Day and celebrate each other. (laughs) (laughs) They're funny little birds.
1: Now, mate, um, I've been having a a scroll through your Facebook page this morning and noticed that uh, you spent a bit of time in New Zealand at uh, Hobbiton, you know, looking at all of the, you know, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit kind of houses. What was that like?
0: Oh, I loved it. My sister was insanely jealous because we both grew up reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and, um, we're very geeky about that and it was great man I, I just think it's so cool that you know people get to see new zealand in that um in that movie but when you're a really hardcore tolkien fan i mean i was i was sort of terrified that the films would really be awful but they're just so amazing so it was fun to it was fun to go to Hobbiton, and then in that first scene of the hobbits no, yep, I stood right there. I saw that. It's absolutely fabulous. I'm really glad I did it.
1: Mm. Now, mate, your latest project you've been working on from the saltland to the river. Tell us about this one.
0: Well, it was the first solo record that I'd done in seven years. I'd recorded it, most of it in my home. Uh, it's got 14 tracks. 11 of them were co-written with friends and songwriters. It's, um, it's taken from a, uh, a scripture In the the Talmud in the Old Testament the uh, Jewish books and um, it's sort of all about the journey from being in the desert to being by the river and um, Jeremiah writes that if you if you're a tree in the desert you have no root no foundation like a tumbleweed on the prairie but when you plant that tree by the river um, the living river then your tree actually uh, thrives and so that's been a little bit of a journey for me in my life, just, um, you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of heartache, a lot of... Uh, I had a tough time growing up socially. I, I went to a lot of different schools. I got bullied a lot before bullying was uh, brought to the surface as an issue that should be watched out for. And so I had a tough time growing up. I, I just couldn't seem to find the off switch for my personality or at least the pause button. So I just copped a lot and uh, it left a lot of scars and... Um, Sometimes those things are like time bombs, you know? You, they, you, you can keep them under the surface, but then eventually they come out. And, and so I faced a lot of that stuff. I faced a lot of the reason why I felt parched and lonely in my heart. And so this record is a little bit autobiographical and talking about my journey from one place to the next. And uh, the album's kind of set out in two halves. The first half of it is pretty chilled, and then the second half of it rocks out because sometimes I play with a band and sometimes... I'm just playing with an acoustic guitar. But I had such a joy giving it away. I just gave it to a guy on the last flight. I just got a Facebook message from a lady at the Air New Zealand um, check-in that I gave one to saying that she really liked it. Um, And, uh, yeah, so it's it's actually, I'm really proud of it. Like, it's a very honest record. It's very diverse and very eclectic, which is what I really like. So... Yeah, I I really enjoy it. You know, I sometimes listen to it myself and I find the songs speak to me as well, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, mate spoken to by
1: your own time. Now, now, mate, you know I work in radio and we kind of rely on people tuning in and, you know, listening to the stuff that we, we broadcast. Uh, I'm a little uh, disappointed. On your website, it says that, uh, yeah. th- this album, From the Salt Land to the River, it says that you turned off the radio for a year and instead listened to the songs <laughs> and ideas in your head. Mate, what are you doing? You're, you're leaving it, you know, you're leaving us high and dry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I just... don't. Uh I think that the interesting thing about being an artist or trying to create original music is that if you listen to too much stuff, you get too influenced by it. But if you don't listen to enough, your songwriting can suffer. And so um, I really did. I really just shut down a lot of music and uh, a lot of input. And I instead tried to listen to what was going on in my own head, which is something you kind of have to do if you want to try and be original. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't, you know, I couldn't shut you off because I don't live in Australia, but uh, (laughs) I do like talkback radio, actually. I understand it need to be a talk show radio host one day.
1: Mate, I reckon you would be brilliant, you know, like like an Oprah. I love
0: it. I want to have a show where people could just say anything. Um, There could be Christian people there sharing about their faith. There could be atheists. There could be straight people, gay people, um, vote people, people. Business people, I'd love to run a show where people just got to talk about what they believe and why they believe it. So it'd probably need to be on a secular network because I wouldn't want to censor anyone. I want them to be able to say whatever they wanted to. That's that's one of my fantasies, or maybe even a maybe even a TV show doing that. But um, I do love like I do love listening to talkback radio a lot. But um, I think the thing I like about the Australian stations that play gospel music is that they play a mixed format of mainstream music and gospel music, whereas a lot of the radio stations in America, that are called Christian stations. That's all they play, and I find that the content is just not very inspiring because in America, at least, gospel songwriters, all they write about is God, which is awesome, but I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people in the mainstream community can't relate with it because it's not, so much about life with a, with a, an essence of your faith in there. It's much more songs that only people who follow Jesus would understand. And they're not really the songs that I write. Half the time when I'm singing in a church, I think I'm writing songs for people that aren't even there. So I think um, to be able to turn off the radio, I needed to be able to go, okay, what do I want to write about? Who do I want to write to? Um, so sometimes it just takes a bit of that, you know, you need to just shut things out. Try
1: and be original. Mate, I totally understand, but you know, you can listen to our radio show via live streaming, so that can uh, be a good way you can get a good Aussie fix, eh? No excuse. I
0: just gave an excuse, and obviously it was pitiful because of the thing called the internet. So. I'm sounding really pitiful now. I I get it. I get
1: it. Now, mate, with that idea of you doing a talk show, I remember you talked about that at Easterfest, and I actually thought, yeah, and I actually thought you would be brilliant at it. We we interviewed Mark Burnett recently, uh, the guy who did the Bible series. You know, he's married to Roma Downey, and he's you know done uh, the Apprentice and Survivor and all that kind of stuff. Okay, you should approach him, pitch the idea to him, mate. I reckon this could be the next big thing for you.
0: The guy that does Survivor.
1: Yeah. Really. Absolutely. He's the guy that did that
0: Bible series,
1: I yeah. did know that. Yeah, he's a British guy. He's got a great accent and uh he's ah. he's married to Where's that angel. You, you know the angel Where's from Touched from? by an Angel? Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. He's a pretty, pretty sharp guy, isn't
1: he? He is absolutely. And uh, so we we had a chat with him about you know he's got a passion to get um, you know great Christian content onto secular TV, mate. So I reckon you could meet with him, pitch the idea. Uh, I'll come over and I'll be your co-host, mate. We'll, we'll do it. Hey, what do you reckon?
0: It'd be nice. You know, I think the I think the most sort of um, obstacles I would have would be from Christian people because um, I think that. that one of the things that I've always been attracted to about Jesus is that he told stories and he didn't he didn't always close the deal. Like he sort of left it open. And um I mean he closed the ultimate deal, but no one understood what he was doing at the time. I mean it was very unpredictable. Whereas I find a lot of religious people want to close the deal and they are very predictable. <laughs> so I think the biggest the biggest people that I would have problems with would probably be Christian people thinking but I didn't um, preach enough. But I think there's a, a great power for people to, to share their stories and uh, and to be heard. And I think as the church, my, my personal thing is we've done a pretty average job of that over the years, which is why we don't really have the ear of society these days. So I think um, my idea would, would be that, um, I mean, when I write a song, I, I think about writing something that opens people's hearts and letting God, be the one that closes the deal. But I think a lot of religious people that I know don't really think that way. So I think um I think I think maybe it would be might it might be better to not even go through a Christian person but instead to just say, Hey, I wanna do a show about beliefs and faith and politics and all the things you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> and then just let people talk and let people share their stories and and ask them questions, because that's what I do when I'm, you know, in bars or churches or restaurants or airports or airplanes, is that I just ask people their story, and um, I was just chatting with these two guys um, at the hotel in Auckland, um, two gay guys who were talking about faith, and one of them was talking about all the journeys that he'd had, and and um, you know, they asked me a bit about my story, and I told them. And then I, they told me a bit about their story. And, and in you know, in that conversation, I think maybe if some sort of evangelical people were listening to it, they'd be like, "Man, why, why don't you why don't you preach the gospel?" And I and I probably would say, "Well, for me, the gospel is a person, not a story. And when I'm speaking to someone, I'm trying to hear from God as to what I'm supposed to say, as opposed to just have some." You know, thing that I learned that I'm supposed to say, and I think you know Jesus was led by his by his father's voice and by the Spirit, and so a lot of times when we look at the things that he said and who he hung out with, um, we ask him, what you know, the, the religious people at the time were like, man, how can this guy be the Messiah when he hangs around with sinners, and how can he be, you know, when he goes to parties and when he does all sort of stuff, so. I've often thought that that would probably be where most of my criticism would come from, um, sadly to say. What do you think about that? Do you think I'm right or do you think I'm off the tree?
1: Well, you know what? I reckon, I heard a great saying once that there is uh, a time to be salt and a time to be light. And uh, right. the context was that, you know, salt is seasoning and we're just saying good stuff and you're just trying to preserve life and you know uh, just, just to you know preserve yeah. meat from going off and then there's a time to be light when you've got to bring light where there's darkness you know there's two different ways that you can approach a thing and and you know I, mean, I, I think a lot of creative people uh, they like to bring right. a lot of seasoning and hey, there's nothing wrong with a bit yeah. of seasoning to protect, you know, to preserve things, is there?
0: Yeah, and I think the only problem is is when we try to figure out when we're supposed to be light, and when we're supposed to be salt, rather than just living our life and letting God figure out when we're supposed to be either. Mm. I think that's the that's the kind of thing I'm getting to is that I'm not sure that we have the capability to figure out when we're supposed to be what, um, and I think that's when we run into problems. Um, yeah. You know, I just—I've learned a lot from playing golf, actually, about this whole thing, and that is that bad golfers try to hit the ball in the air. Good golfers compress the ball and hit down on it, and it happens to go in the air. So I think what God wants us to do is just swing and um, and not overthink it. So when we meet someone like those two guys or the two guys the night before that made me go up and get my guitar, and the three of us sat down playing songs to each other or whether it's at a concert or whether it's the guy I've just chatted, chatted to on the, on the plane, I think the idea is if you just turn up and you be yourself and you invite God into your mind and heart, he's actually the one that sort of guides you as to what you're supposed to be. I'm not sure we're smart enough to be able to figure out what we're supposed to be in any given situation. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are not that interested always in talking to us because it's like we've got this set of, you know, beliefs and we're just looking for a time to say them rather than listening to God, who's alive and who can talk to your head. And sometimes he says, no, don't, don't mention anything to this person or mention everything to that person. And you see that in the person of Jesus. You know, sometimes he walked away from the crowd, sometimes he didn't, sometimes he healed only one person, sometimes he told stories. Um, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount, it wasn't actually a sermon. I don't know why we call it that. It was like a um, a sayings and he said to his mates halfway up the hill it wasn't to a big crowd. So I'm I'm constantly um, inspired by the person of Jesus and constantly turned off by organised religion. But I don't want to criticise anyone or any people. I just think, you know, religion is when God leaves the building and people are still in there. He's not there. <laughs> so I think people are not, not are not very interested in religion, but I happen to think that people are very interested in Jesus. Because he's radical and he's not safe, um, but he is safe. So that's that's the kind of journey that I'm caught up in. Um, And it's a fun one and it's an interesting one. And it means it doesn't emanate from me. It's not relying on me. I'm actually just walking through my life. I'm actually just swinging the club. And, you know, centrifugal force is what gets the ball into the air. Or, as we live, it's the Holy Spirit, you know, who who actually closes the deals in people's hearts. But I think that a lot of religious people don't like to do that because they really want to see numbers and they want to see immediate fruit. Um, So, I don't know, mate, it's like this new record. You know, nothing really sort of goes out there um, and makes a lot of conclusions, but as far as I'm concerned, they're all gospel
1: Well, mate, it's been so good to uh, hear a bit of your story today, and I love the way you think, I yeah. love the way you talk, I love the way you relate to people, I love the way you perform, and, uh, mate, before we go, I've just got to mention that uh, on your website, there's a little bit of a typo in there, but I actually think it might oh. be a it might be a Freudian slip. Uh, what is that? What does it say? Well, on your website there, Paulcommon where it says, you know, From the Salt Land to the River, it says this the yeah. theme of the album is the journey from the self reliance and looniness of the desert to the healing waters of surrender. It's, <laughs> it's meant to say loneliness, but it says looniness and I can actually see how that, you know, can apply to you. <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be
0: loneliness, but I'll tell you when you're lonely you are loony. <laughs> so I'll change that. But um <laughs> Thanks for putting that out. That's all right, mate. That's what I'm here That's for. What you know, when you're on your own, and you don't have a team. At least.
1: <laughs> no, and it's, it obviously is a, a brilliant album, and I'm so impressed with the, some of the, the songwriting that you, you're pumping out recently. It's absolutely awesome. Now, mate, before we go, I just want to say. Yeah. I reckon you're a history maker, and uh, we're just going to continue to pray that God opens doors for you, uh, whether it be in TV, whether it be in songwriting, uh, traveling the world, sharing your story. I think we need more awesome storytellers like you out there. And, mate, I'm going to send you a tweet now and say, hey, get everyone to listen to this interview on historymakersradio.com. Is that all right, mate, if you retweet oh, that to your good. followers? That'd
0: be great. I'd love people to be able to do that.
1: Thank okay. you. We'll get on Twitter and we'll get on Facebook and we'll share it to the world. And, uh, mate, thanks so much. And uh, God bless you, mate. Thanks for your time. Hey, cheers! Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more You know the vision of History Makers Is to share the good news of Jesus Christ Through conversation to the nations of the world Thank you so much for joining us today I'm Matt Prater, why don't you go and make history
0: History